Okay. Hello. Hello. Are we awake? Okay, today we start on a new series. It's called, it's called Hashtag Struggles. Um, following Jesus in a selfie-centered world. I came up with the title. It's quite cool, right? No, I didn't come up with the title. Okay. Um, now, we're, we're gonna, so we're going to start a series, and we're going to be, be talking about different struggles that we face um, that, that may be linked to social media and, and technology and, and what the Bible has to say about these struggles. Okay, so we want to look at um, how social media and technology affects our lives, how it affects the way we, we think about ourselves or the way we think about others, the way it affects um, our relationships with people, our relationship with God. And, and, and I want to start a series by telling you of a time when social media did not exist. Does anybody remember that time? How, oh, yep, thank you, Andrew. I, I, actually, I actually grew up in those times. You know, I even remember a time when the internet did not exist. Does anybody remember a time when there was no such thing called the internet? Seriously, how young are all of you? Okay, so, um, so let me give you some education. I grew up in a period called the 1990s. You may have read about it in your history books. Yes? Have you heard of the Spice Girls? Tell you what I want, okay. <laughs> um, you went, when I was in secondary school, no one owned a handphone, okay? No one owned, and there's no such thing as smartphones. Um, but the cool kids had this thing called pagers. The other day, Hannah asked me what a pager was. I nearly died, okay? I mean, hello, these, these are pagers, okay, kiddos? Pagers were the height of cool. Uh, what? It's this thing, okay? You clip it to your pocket. There's a pager clip. You clip it into your pocket. Unless the school has a spot check, then you, you hide it in unmentionable places. Or if you're an uncle, then you keep it, clip it to your belt. Okay. No? Okay. Um, and, and you know, there's a special way that you use the numbers. There's, there's, no, there's no keyboard okay, in the phone last time. You use the numbers to type a message. It's like there's some code, right? And then, and then it will appear like this, like stop by the club, you know? This kind of cool messages that we send to each other at the community club, you know? And, and okay, so, so this is what we use, okay? This is how we communicate, okay? Um, you can leave voicemail also on your pages, yes? Okay. And then, uh, then when, we were, when I was in JC, then, then we started using handphones. Does anybody remember the brick phones? Have you ever seen a brick phone? The phone is like, it's huge. It's, it's like a brick, right? And, and then we moved on to Nokia phones. We all knew the Nokia mobile, uh, the, the, the model numbers, right? 8250, the 3310, you know, yes, no? Okay, the only the old people are getting excited, okay? And then, and then, and there was, a, and then at that time, we played Snake on our phone, Whoa. right? Yeah, that's quite good, right? And then, and then after that, it was snake in color. Whoa. Exciting stuff. Uh, we also had this thing called SMS. Uh, and and uh, that, that's about it. That's about all your phone can do. <laughs> right? um, I, I think it was only in university, when I was in university, that we started using smartphones. Like, oh my gosh, my phone can connect to the internet. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to wait for the web browser to, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, then, um, and it was in university that I signed up for Facebook. Before that, before that it was Friendster. And it was, yeah, okay, you write testimonials, so, oh, it's ridiculous. Okay, so that was the humble beginnings of social media, which uh, all of you clearly do not know anything of. Um, because the world that you live in today, or uh, where we live in today, is, is, is vastly different, right? How old were you when you got your first phone? 12? 10? Anybody got your phone like before you were 10? Oh, bless. What, huh? 8? Wow, wow, flip phones! Oh my god, I love flip phones! So, you're like so cool, you, you like, end a phone call and you're like, like swag man okay um i know like even today primary school kids use social media right they have like facebook and, and instagram and snapchat like musically and i don't know what else and and social media has become a, a big part or, or at least a, a very normal part of our lives today and and the thing is i i believe that the prevalence of social media in our lives actually does bring about certain challenges or certain struggles and and maybe some of us we, we don't really realize it because We've never known a world without social media, right? Sometimes I, 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 sometimes I feel a bit bad for you guys for you because I feel like it's so much stressful being a teenager nowadays. Um, you know, in my time, right, you just kind of had a rough idea of your popularity. You know, like, um, oh, I have some friends to go to recess with. Okay, like, I'm, I'm okay, but, oh, like, I only have one friend to go for recess with. If she's absent, I'm dead, you know, then, oh, then that, means, that, means I, that means I'm not too popular, right? Or like then the popular girls will have like, oh, I have so many, I better choose and schedule which day I go for research. You know, like, this just like your rough gauge. But, but today, it's like you have data and figures to tell you exactly, with absolute precision, where you rank on the popularity scale, right? Like, I have 45 followers, she has like 371 or whatever, so like, oh my gosh, she's 8.24 times more popular than me or something like that, right? And then, um... And of course, sometimes you see someone with like 726 followers. Like, who is this guy? I mean, must be all his J. Cho covers and photos with pretty girls. And like, I mean, some random picture with the caption, when is my bus coming? Gets like 272 likes. What in the world? I mean, my, my best picture has only hit 25 likes, you know? Hashtag my life sucks. <laughs> And, and so, so in this series, just going to leave it up there. You can follow him, JK, JK, JKZM3520. Okay. Um, and you know, in this series, we're going to look at uh, some struggles that come about as a result of the prevalence of social media. And, and, and what does the Bible have to say about it? Okay, because, you know, hashtag the struggle is real. Do you think, so? what? Tri oh, trigger. Okay. Um, so, don't worry, this is not going to be um, a series like against social media where I tell you, oh, you better delete your Instagram, your Twitter is from the devil, that kind of thing, you know. Um, I, I use social media, I, I think it's a great tool. Uh, I'm very thankful for WhatsApp, it helps me to connect, keep in touch with people, especially um, when you're overseas, like it's so much easier. And, and as a pastor, I'm, I'm actually very grateful for social media because it helps me know people better, like in a fast way. You know, you can learn a lot about someone from stalking their account, right? Hashtag stalking for Jesus. And, and you, know, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, 
oh man, I become one of those people that you know I just post I, I, I only post photos of my kids and like my whole account is just my kids. And and then and then I realized that my father in law, who only sees my kids like once a week or less, um, he really appreciates it. He he really uh values it, you know, and 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 so I'm like, yeah, I post it for him, you know. Um, yeah, he, he, he really appreciated it, seeing all his, you know, all his random photos. And, and of course, in Loud Gen, we use social media to connect with you guys as well. So if you're not following us yet, please add us now on um, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> okay, uh, so social media can be, it can be great. It can be really useful, right? However, you know, I feel that today, when there are so many ways to connect with people, there is still so much loneliness and, and alienation, right, uh, among us. You know, um, there's, there's so much technology uh, in our lives now that, that's supposed to help us and, and improve our lives. And, and yet, sometimes I think, are we actually really controlling the technology or is the technology controlling us? You know, how, how addicted are we to our phones? Like, how dependent are we on our phones? You know, like, sometimes people ask you, would you rather, use your phone? Would you rather lose your phone or your wallet? And I don't know. It's a tough call, right? Because there's so much in your phone. How many of you think you can live without your phone or a phone for a day? Okay. Yeah, okay. I guess, yeah, you know, like leave it home. How many of you think you can live without it for like a week? How about a month? No phone for a month. Like your parents are like, no, sorry, we can't afford to pay the contract anymore. A, a month? Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? It's tough. Um, a recent study showed that we check our phones an average of 46 times throughout the day. More, more if you're younger. And, and, and I, I, I'm here to, I'm no different, okay? Um, you know, I always read these things and they're like, you should start your day with Jesus. You know, it's, you know, wake up first thing in the morning, start your day with God and the, and the, oh, it's very tough. Because like, I, the first thing I do when I wake up is I check my phone, right? I, I wake up in the middle of the night to pee and, and, and I check my phone, you know? It's like a disease that I need to be healed from and set free. And, and so, social media affects our lives in, in, in many ways, right? Maybe for some of us, we're, we're so used to like editing our messages and, and, and posts and, and, and whatever, captions. And, and so much so that we don't know how to respond spontaneously anymore in real life. Like we only know how to communicate with people through texting. Maybe some of us, we edit and, and we filter and, and we, you know, we share our lives on, on Instagram and Twitter and, and all that. But we don't actually share about the real things below the surface. And then, we, and then we think we know each other because we follow each other and we like each other's pictures. But, but, but I wonder, does that actually hinder depth in relationships when that is all our relationship is, is based on? And, and, and most of all, I think, I think that one of the problems about social media is that very often, it makes everything about us. It's about me. You know, like, this is my life. This is what I'm like. This is what I do. This is what I've done. This is how I feel. This, you know, these, these things I like. These are, this is what I think about this and that, you know. Um, this is my need to express myself and my emotions and, 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 and all that. And, and it becomes all about, all about us. And then we are sucked into, into measuring our lives by how many followers uh, we have, you know, how many people are interested and have affirmed our existence. And I guess we will say, yeah, we know in our heads that, that okay, the number of likes are not the sum of who we are, but we still want those likes. <laughs> you know, we still want it. And, and, and it really is 
a, a very self-centered, selfie-centered kind of, kind of world. And what the Bible says about this very clearly is to die to self. Right? Jesus said in Luke 9, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross daily, and follow me. And that's what Jesus has to, be, has to say about self, about self-obsession, to deny it, deny yourself, forget about yourself, put aside your own desires, and let God take the lead instead. And I believe that this is something we really need to remember in, in our, in our self, selfie-centered world. You know, I believe the more we focus on ourselves, actually the less satisfied we feel, the more we become consumed with, with things of this world and, and, and we try to fill our lives with these earthly, worldly things, and the, 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 the more empty we feel. And, and I want to tell you that the reason, the reason we feel this emptiness is because we are created for so much more. We are created for, for, for so much more. You know, don't you ever get this feeling that there must be more than this? There must be more than this because we were created not for earth and earthly things, but for eternity. We were created not to be liked or retweeted. We were created to be loved and to love. We were created not to draw attention to ourselves, but to give glory to God. We were created not to collect and, and you know, collect all these followers and likes, but to actually follow Christ. And, and so as we go through this series, I, I want us to really think, think and, and be honest with ourselves about the impact of social media in our lives and on our Christianity. Okay, what, what does it mean for me as a follower of Christ living in this world of social media and selfies and, and, and all that? Because we want to live life and, and look at life through the lens of the Bible, right? With, with a godly perspective. Okay, so I, I want to ask you to really think about, think about yourself. Okay, this is not going to be some like deep Bible exposition, okay? We want, I, want to, I mean, it's going to be about really real issues, um, we're going to look at what the Bible says, but let's really think about how this applies in our lives, okay? So, so let's begin. That was, my, that was my intro to this series. I haven't even started preaching yet. Um, this is the first sermon in the series, and today we're going to talk about contentment, okay? Contentment, all right? So let's, let's pray first, and let's commit the time to God. Father God, your word is alive and it's active. It's, a, it's your living word. And God, I ask that today you come and really speak to us. Father, I ask that your word that is sharper than any double-edged sword will penetrate to each of our hearts, God. That, Father, you will judge the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts, that everything will be uncovered and laid bare before your eyes. And God, as we, would you come and search us and examine our hearts and, and make us live our lives pleasing to you, God. Would you come in and mold and shape our lives so that we can live it according to your word and to your ways. And so, Father, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to reign in this place. And we ask really that you speak to us today. Um, give us the conviction of the Holy Spirit to live our lives in obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, um, recently, my husband posted this on Facebook. Okay, this is a picture of our ultrasound. That's, can, can, you see, can you see my baby? She's like, she's like nanny, nanny, boo. <laughs> um, and we, we got 403 likes. 
Hashtag blessed. Hashtag humble brag. You know. Uh, don't, okay, don't, don't be jealous, okay? You know, these pregnancy photos always get these kind of, you know, pregnancy, engagement, wedding, and all, all these will get a lot of likes on it, okay? Don't be jealous. Okay, and I noticed my husband liked his own <laughs> photo. Yeah, okay, so after, you know, after he posted this photo, right, he posted it, and then, and then randomly, he'll come and tell me, like, 169. <laughs> eh, 240. I'll be like, Okay, we reached 300. It's like, okay, oh, it's 357. Oh, 358. And, and, then, and, and I, just, I just kept telling him, shut up, lah. you're so lame, you know. Like, who cares about likes, uh? right? <laughs> I mean, nobody cares about likes, okay? I'm, I don't care about likes. I'm very secure. You know, my identity is not based on... I'm just kidding. Please follow me and like my stuff. And, okay. <laughs> you know, um, I... I I'm going to be very honest with you today. I'm going to share with you very, very honestly um, some of the things that, that, that I think about. You know, I want to tell you that sometimes when I scroll through uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, uh, I find myself thinking these uh, not-too-nice thoughts, uh, okay? So, for example, on my Facebook feed, okay, I get tons of, like, kids and baby and family photos because that's my, my friends are at the age, like, okay? And, and sometimes I, I look at these baby photos and I think, um, cute, man. I think my kid's cuter. You know, or, or like I see photos of couples, you know, like they're traveling in Europe without kids and they're like doing all this cool stuff, not going to some lame like Peppa Pig land. And, 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 then, and then I think like, uh, well, I mean, if you're the kind of mother that leaves her kid at home and goes on a holiday, fine. But, you know, I wouldn't do that. Um, or, or, or like, you know, I, I see my friends post pictures of that, like their, their new handbag or their, their shoes or or, or their new cars, or whatever, and I'm like, oh, hashtag superficial, hashtag materialism. Uh, no, I'm just here busy serving God. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I have this friend, right? He keeps posting pictures of his watches, okay? And I'm like, dude, it's a watch. It looks the same in every photo. Is it right? I mean, you know, and, and, and the thing is, you know, I've been serving in Lao Gen uh, since 2006, before the iPhone was invented, okay? And... And you know, most ministry things, uh, they happen over the weekend, right? They, they happen over the weekend. Um, but the weekend is also when people, you know, go out and do cool things, right? They go out and hang out at some hip cafe or restaurant or whatever. Um, they go to, go to the beach or, or, or whatever, right? And so, and so, like, I'll be, I'll be serving God in church, you know? And then and I see their posts and their, their check-ins. You remember check-ins, right? And then I'll just, I'll just tell myself, like, oh, fine. I'll just serve the Lord for His glory and His kingdom, well, you all have fun and serve the devil. And I, okay, I'm, I'm a horrible person, okay? I'm just, thank God for the blood of Jesus. It washes me clean. Um, but, you know, if, if I'm really honest with myself, you know, I, I, I believe that all these horrible thoughts, right, they, they really come from a place of discontent. You know, they, they come from a place of not being happy with, with where I am or what I have in comparison to others. Right? And, and they even come from a place of, of envy, perhaps. Like, I mean, I want to go on a holiday with my kids, too. I love them, but they drive me nuts sometimes, you know. I, I mean, I, I want new shoes, too. I always want new shoes, right? Does, do you all have that kind of struggles? Or is it just me? Do you have that kind of struggles? Like, how do you feel when you scroll through, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever? Have you ever spent, like an hour scrolling through Instagram, like checking out all these <laughs> random accounts, and at the end of the day, you feel like, oh man, my, my life sucks. Or like, 
oh, I'm such a slob, you know, I dress so badly, I'm such a loser, or like, oh man, I need to get out more, I need to dress better, I need to do cool stuff, or whatever, good for you, Felicia. Hashtag be yourself. Okay. Maybe, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you, you look at your friend's picture or something like awesome, like waffles and ice cream at some cool cafe, and you're sitting in school eating your tasu rice or whatever, you're like, this tasu sucks, you know? <laughs> 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 or, like, or like you see your friends like glamorous, like OOTD shot, and you're like, oh, time to upgrade my pocket tea, you know. So, I don't know, right? No, I'm just kidding. Pocket teas are great, okay? Um, yeah, or guys, maybe you see, like, you know, guys, sometimes they post all these like gym photos, the gym selfies, right? Of their six pack, or their eight pack, or I mean, is that possible? I don't know. Um, they're rippling muscles in their gym mirror, and, and then you're like, oh, all I have is the. Six-pack coming soon t-shirt <laughs> that I've been wearing for a year. <laughs> right? Or like, you know, maybe <laughs> even like during the holidays, all your friends are posting pictures of their outings, you know, like hashtag squat goals, and, and then you're stuck at home, nothing to do, nobody to go out with. By the way, during my time, we had no idea what the people were doing during the holidays. No social media, right? Just being a nice loser at home, happy with that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Um, or maybe you just, you, just, you just look at people like posting stuff about their achievements, you know, what, what they've done, where they've gone, whatever, photos where they look ridiculously good. No, seriously, some teenagers, they look ridiculously good. You're not supposed to look so good when you're a teenager, seriously. I mean, some of, the, I mean, some of my, 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 student, my ex-students, right, I'm like, why, why, why do you look so good? <laughs> you're 15, okay. Um, and, and, you know, I believe that social media can really be um, a driving force of, of discontent. You know, some sociologists have, have pointed to technology and social media as significant factors in a person's constant unhappiness, right? Because never before in history have we had so much power to access the lives of other people, right? We carry these little things, you know, like tiny media powerhouses in our pockets and, and we can voyeuristically follow everybody's lives, whether uh, like celebrities or strangers or, or your friends and and we follow their lives through, through their posts and their pictures and their snaps and all that. And then we look at all these things and we compare and we compare and then we conclude, my life sucks. Right? We feel that, oh, other, peop other people have better or more interesting or more fulfilling lives. And then we get major FOMO. Right? We feel like we're we are just majorly missing out. Unless you're Jesslyn and you have Dromo. Joy of missing out. Right? <laughs> and, then, and then we feel like no matter what we have, it cannot compare to what others appear to have, right? But, but you know, of course, we, we forget that generally people only post the things that they want others to see, right? I mean, yes, there are, there are exceptions, but, but let's be honest, like most posts are of cool and good and nice things that people do or people see or people wear or people have, right? I mean, I would never send you a snap of like me quarreling with my husband, you know, like, hashtag fighting with Bay. <laughs> like, why would I do that, right? Or like a snap, like, you know, me yelling at my kids, like, oh my gosh, behave. And then like, hashtag, can't believe I'm having another one, <laughs> right? I, mean, I would never send you that. Why, why would I send you that? You know, I always remember what, what one pastor said. He says that we always compare our behind the scenes with other people's highlight reels, right? That's what people post, right? And then we, we are sitting here behind the scenes and we're like, oh man, my life sucks. And, and today I want to talk about three categories of contentment that I think we may struggle with. 
And you know, even even if you don't use social media or you don't really use it a lot, I, I think these these may still be things that 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 we face. And so so I want you to think about these and, and let's be honest. Okay, let's let's be really honest about our, uh, with ourselves about what we struggle with. So some of us may struggle with material discontent. Okay, material things. So for example, when people post pictures of like their new shoes or or bags or phones or whatever, hashtag OOTDs, and, and, and you're like, oh, how much stuff does she have, right? Um, and you know, actually, we, ha- we all actually have so much, but we constantly want so much more. I'm sure you've heard of the hashtag first world problems, right? You know, last Christmas, I, I first world problems, okay. Last Christmas, I, I saw this, right, like, this is completely it, right? I opened up my closet, I, this, is, this is me, okay? Like, I opened my closet and I'm like, I have nothing to wear. <laughs> <laughs> I need to buy new shoes. I'm like, what? <laughs> all right. Um, last Christmas, I was reading this article on on all these all these terrible tweets by teenagers. Like, oh my gosh, my mom got me the iPhone five for Christmas. Like, who uses the iPhone five? Who, who, yeah, great. Yeah, iPhone five is great. Yeah. You know, all like, oh, my dad got me some Nikes, but it was the old design, crying face emoji. You know, and 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 it really is. First world problems, right? And, and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes we, we joke about these things. But, but I want you to think about this. Some of us, we just went to Batam, right? How do you think these things sound, for example, to the kids in the slums in Batam or the kids in the slums in Philippines, right? How, how do you think it sounds to them? And so some of us, we struggle with um, material, material discontent, right? Some of us, perhaps, we have relational discontent. Now, have you ever scrolled through um, social media or Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, and, and then you see some people doing stuff together, and, and you feel this thing like creeping up your heart, like that FOMO feeling, like you're missing out, like you're left out, you know, that your, your life isn't as fun or fulfilled or full of good things. And you're like, oh, where are they, man? Why did they never invite me? Why am I always not invited? Hashtag Bojo. Right? And, and you feel like, oh, how come I'm not a part of it, right? Or, or maybe you look through your feed and, and, and it seems like, man, everybody has a boyfriend. Everybody has a girlfriend. And then as you grow older, this gets worse, right? Oh, everybody's getting engaged. Oh, everybody's getting married. Oh, all these baby pics coming up. Um, and, and, and part of you, you know, wants to feel happy for your friends. But at the same time, like, it kind of hurts that you're, you're not engaged, you're not married, you're not having kids, and, and you feel a bit left out, or, or even you feel maybe alone. And, Trust me, a lot of my friends at my age who are not married, don't have kids, they feel like that. It, it's, it's tough. And it's tougher because you see it everywhere on your social media, right? You see the, the relational intimacy that, that other people have, and, and you envy that. You, you covet that. You know, like, oh, other people look like they have, they have such a great relationship, right, with, you, with your friends or with your boyfriend or, or even with your parents or with your siblings. And you feel like, oh, my relationships are not, not so great. And then and you're envious of their relational status. And there's that discontent. And then sometimes we may feel circumstantial discontent, which is like, you know, you see what people are doing. Maybe you see the school that they go to or, or their CCA achievements. Or maybe they, they go on some fancy exchange program and, or internship or, or just, you know, that lifestyle. And, and you look at your own life, you look at your own circumstances and you wonder, why, how come I don't get to do these things, right? You look at others and you think, I wish I was where they were in life. You know, I wish my life was more significant or, or fulfilling, accomplished. Can, can anyone identify with any of these? Yes? 
Thank you for your honesty. Your six-pack will come soon. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, let's, let's just be honest with ourselves. And, you know, I believe that I believe that a lot of these struggles exist because we compare ourselves to other people and, and, and we want what they have. And, and you know, actually, this struggle, it's, it's not a modern-day thing. It's not just a modern-day thing. Because if you think about the first murder recorded in the Bible, what was the first murder? Cain and Abel, right? It is a story of comparison and discontent, right? Cain was jealous that Abel had God's favor, that Abel was hashtag blessed, and he wasn't. And, and he got really angry, and he couldn't take it. He killed him, Right? And, you know, one of the Ten Commandments clearly says, you shall not covet. Okay, you shall not covet. Um, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And you know the word covet basically means to want and desire what someone else has. Right, to want and desire what someone else has. And the Bible says, we shouldn't covet. We shouldn't covet what other people have, whether it's their, their nice clothes or their shoes or their relationships or, or their, their looks, their lifestyle or their achievements. Because when we are discontent and when we want what other people have and we resent our own lives, we actually fall into the sin of envy and covetousness. Right? And here's the thing. There's, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with having nice stuff or going to nice places or doing fun things and all that, right? And it, it's definitely not wrong, um, you know, to, to, to have lots of friends, to, to want good and close relationships. And, and it's normal. It's normal for everyone to, to want to look nice or want to lead a fulfilling life. But sometimes, for whatever reason, for a variety of reasons, we can't always get what we want, right? Sometimes you, you just can't afford those pair of shoes, right? Or, or whatever. Some, some of you will not find a boyfriend or a girlfriend until maybe much later, maybe because that's just God's plan for you, right? Some of us will never get to go to like Oxford or Cambridge or some Ivy League college because we're not as academic as Matthew, right? And, and I mean, and like I know I will never be as skinny as some of you because I just don't have the skinny genes. Am I right, Jody? This is a family's fault, okay? Like, but, <laughs> but, you know, how then... How then, how then do we respond to that? Do we respond with, with envy and resentment? Like, oh man, you know, this is sucks. Unfair, right? I think what we need to learn and what we need to find is this thing called contentment. Right? I want to share with you something that uh, one of my leaders told me when, when I was youth, long, long ago. And, and, and I think it has such wisdom. I always remember it. He told me, you cannot always control what happens to you but you can always control how you respond, right? You cannot always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond. And so, yeah, okay, sometimes maybe it seems like our life sucks or, or maybe our life is like not as good or cool or whatever as, as other people, but how do we then respond to that in, in a godly, Christ-centered way that glorifies God? You know, I think Paul, the Apostle Paul, is a great example to look at, okay? If anyone... Paul had great reason to say that his life sucked, right? He was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned several times, he was stoned, and he was constantly moving around everywhere, um, hungry, you know, people. And then people doubted him. I, I used to be a Pharisee, what are you doing? You know, even fellow Christians and leaders. Um, 
And then also he had this, like he had the burden of caring for so many people and churches and all that. I mean, he had, he had a tough life, right? And I wonder if, if uh, sometimes he looked at other followers of Christ and, and thought, hey, how come their life is so easy? Right? I mean, we're all following Jesus, but how come they have like this, I mean, some of them are like rich materially, you know, they have, they have nice stuff and all that. And I'm here suffering for God. I want to look at a passage today from Philippians 4. Now, if you were around two years ago, we did a series on Philippians. Some of you may remember that. Um, and you might remember that the main theme of Philippians is what? Joy, right? And, and, and it's joy. And you know, Paul wrote the letter to the Philippians while under house arrest. Okay? So he was under house arrest and he was chained to a Roman guard 24-7 all the time. Right? That's like, that's like being grounded, but you're also chained to your parents 24-7. Joy! <laughs> so just bear that in mind as we, as we read this passage. Okay? So, so can you take out your Bibles? I hope you have real Bibles. Okay, so here, here's the meat, okay? The meat of the sermon, the, the, the book where all the answers to your struggles are found. Okay, and let's turn to Philippians 4. Okay, Philippians 4, verse 10 onwards. So this is Paul writing to the Philippians. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So Paul writes this while he is in chains, by the way, um, in verse 11, that he has learned to be content whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, whether good or bad, whether he has a lot or whether he, he doesn't have enough, he, he, he has learned the secret of being content. And, and, you know, he says, I have learned it twice. He says learn, right? He has learned it. And I think there's something we need to learn, that perhaps it doesn't come naturally, but we need to learn it. And verse 12, he says, I, I have learned the secret, right? He says he's found the secret. And, this, and, and then, in verse 13, is the famous verse that we always quote before like, we go for exams or something. Right? I can do that. Right? Um, but you see, the context for this famous verse is not Paul going into some battle or, or some scary thing or, or whatever. He's talking about contentment. He's talking about being content that through Christ, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, he's able to be content no matter the circumstances. And he writes this verse, verse 13, to explain and elaborate that the secret, the secret of con contentment is not found in, in the things that I have or the things I don't have, but in Christ alone. Right? I can be content, I can be satisfied, I can be at peace, whether in good or bad circumstances, whether I have lots of stuff or whether I, I, I don't have any stuff, and, and I, I can do it, I can be content because of Christ who strengthens me, because of Christ's strength. And I believe that what he's saying here is that the secret to finding contentment does not lie in external things, but in what's internal, what's inside you, 
that when we live and depend on what's inside, which is Christ living in us, Christ giving us strength, rather than what's outside, our circumstances, the things we have, the things we do, and all that, then we will find contentment. That's the secret. And I believe that Paul is able to say this and, and realize this and learn this secret because he has actually experienced having nothing. Right? He says he has learned, you know, whether, whether being in need. He has, he has been in need. Being in, in severe need. And until Christ is all you have, you will never realize that Christ is all you need. Right? Until that point, you're brought to that point where I have nothing else really but Christ. Then you realize, yeah, actually Christ is all I need. And you know, I, I believe that actually all of us as humans, right, we really are these bottomless pits, desperate for attention and love and affirmation. You know, and that's why the idea of like collecting followers and collecting likes appeals to us. Right? It, it, it's, it's something that appeals to us. And, and we never actually reach a point where we feel like, okay, I, I think I have enough stuff. Right? I think I don't need to shop for the rest of my life. You never reach that point, right? You, you, you never reach that point where you're like, okay, I have enough likes, right? You get you like, you're like, yay, right? And, and you never reach a point where you're like, okay, I think I have enough friends, you know, or, or just I, I have everything I want in life and I'm currently perfectly fulfilled and happy and satisfied. We never reach that point until we encounter Jesus. And, and you know, actually most of us, we have so much stuff. Right? Sometimes we don't realize it, but we have, we have material comforts, we have, we have friends, we have many blessings, and yet we still feel dissatisfied, we still feel lonely, we still feel miserable. Because no one and nothing will ever satisfy you fully apart from God. That's just the reality of life. No one. You know, you can go and read um, biog biographies, autobiographies, all these famous people. You know, you can, you, there's so many, so many examples, right? They're, they're famous, or they're accomplished, you know, they have fame, they have success and everything. And, and you, very often they would tell you, but I still feel that I lack something. And very often you find these famous people, they, they commit suicide. Or, you know, they, they, they just, they don't want to live life anymore. Because there's, it doesn't fully satisfy. Nothing will fully satisfy you apart from God. You know, you can chase after everything you want, and, and then you get it all, and it still won't be enough. At the end, every day, you will still feel empty. You can get all the likes and followers you want. You know, you can have all the material things, the, the friends, the experiences that you seek. But until you find satisfaction in Christ alone, you will always still be discontent. And you will always battle with discontent until you let Christ be all that you need. No matter what we have, you know, it will never compare to what we need the most, which is simply Jesus Christ. I'm sure you heard this in, 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 um, in, in Sunday School in Life Without Jesus, like a donut, right? We're all, we, we, within each of us, we have a Christ-shaped void, a hole. Because we were born for eternity, and therefore temporary earthly things will never satisfy you completely. And that, so there's nothing wrong with, with having, you know, material things and all that. But we need to be aware. We need to be aware of this, that all this will never satisfy you completely. You know, there's a famous line by C.S. Lewis, which says, 
if I find in myself desires that nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. You were made for another world. No worldly, earthly thing will ever satisfy us completely. And that's why in John chapter 4, um, when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well, he says, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. You have to go to him for this living water that will fully satisfy you. And that's what we need. That's what we need. The living water of Jesus. You know, not, not more likes or followers or friends or stuff. We need that living water from Jesus or we will always, we will always be discontent. Real contentment is found in the Savior when we cling to nothing but Him because He is, he is our creator. He's our rock, our sustainer. He's everything that we need and, and He's the only one who will give you a peace that no one else will give and He's the only one who will satisfy your soul completely. And that is the context of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the context. I once heard a, pre a preacher say that to remember this context, actually, you know, you can change the line to, I can do without all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do without. You know, when you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. You can do without anything else. You know, everything else is nice, yes, but it's just a bonus. You can do without. And that's the context of this verse. And that's the secret to dealing with our struggles, contentment. Now, I, I know that, that all that is easy to say, right? Trust in Jesus, find your satisfaction in Him. Um, but what can we do in, in like realistic and practical terms? Okay, so I want to suggest three things that we can do to overcome and deal with discontent and envy in our lives. Okay? And I know that in order to do these things, we will need um, God's easy. Um, but let's remember the verse. Okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I can find my contentment in Christ who strengthens me. Okay, and the first thing is this. Stop comparing. Comparison crushes us. W would you agree? You know, it, it hurts, right? It's annoying. You know, when you are compared to someone and you're found lacking. Right? H how many of you are always compared to your siblings? Just checking to see if Jodi raised her hand. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's annoying, right? Like, oh, you, you feel, uh, how, how come he can get full marks, you know? Hey, how, hey, how come he's so much taller than you, uh? <laughs> oh, you know, ah, so, so hey, how come he only learned the guitar for such a short time and he's so good? You, you learn for like three years, okay. Right, it's, it's annoying, right? It's, it's, and and it's, it's, it, it's hurtful. So, why do we do it to ourselves? Why do we do it to ourselves? We tell ourselves, oh, I'm not as good. I'm not as smart. I'm not as cool. I wish I had her hair. You know, I wish I had his phone. I wish I had his six-pack. I wish I had her holiday. And I wish I had as many friends as her. And stop constantly comparing yourself to other people. Comparison is the thief of joy. It is the thief of joy. And let's call a spade a spade, okay? Let me tell you that when we feel discontent or resentful because of what other people have, that is the sin of envy. It is the sin of envy. Envy is desiring to have what someone else has, whether it is their possessions, um, their qualities, their lifestyle, etc. That's envy. And, and the Bible is very clear about envy, okay? Let's look at James chapter 3, 
James writes, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it and do not deny the truth. So let's get real. Let's get honest about this. Don't deny the truth. Do we have envy in our hearts? And then he says, Such wisdom, in quotation marks, hashtag sarcasm, right? He says, Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. And so we, we have to face it, you know, envy is sin. Envy is, is demonic. It's unhealthy. It's unspiritual. It produces disorder and every evil practice. We need to stop comparing ourselves to others and envying what they have. And you know, for some of us, if you realize that social media is feeding your sin of envy, then maybe you need to take a social media break. All right? You know, or unfollow or hide the feed of certain people or accounts that trigger that sin of envy in your life. You know, accounts that, that make you feel like you, you, you constantly want or need something more. If you notice that, that you respond with envy to certain people's posts, then just hide it or unfollow, delete. Right? The Bible says if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. And it's, it's a harsh principle, but the, the point is to cut off whatever causes you or tempts you to sin. Hebrews 12.1, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You know, every now and then I will go on a Twitter perch, Instagram perch, and I just unfollow all these accounts that, that I feel are stirring um, unhealthy and unproductive thoughts in me. You know, thoughts like, oh yeah, maybe I should buy that too. Maybe I should try to be more like this, more like that. Um, you know, I've, I've constantly unfollowed accounts that make me feel like shopping. Uh, and, and you know, I've even unfollowed some pastors. You know, like, like sometimes I follow them, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe we can learn from them. And then, and, and then I just keep thinking like, I look at their feet, I'm like, wow, you pastor, you go Justin Timberlake concert, okay. I'm like, oh wow, you pastor, your whole feet is OOTD shots. Expensive clothes and shoes. And, and you know, it's just like all these unhealthy thoughts. Like, oh, yeah, like your church is so big. Ministry is so easy for you. You just chill out every day. You know, and, and I just, okay, unfollow. It's just unproductive, right? And, and maybe we need to all think, are there accounts we need to stop following? Stop following, yeah. Are there, are there things that we need to cut out, cut out of our lives, right? And, and, and this may not just apply to social media, right? Whatever causes you to sin. Stop, maybe you need to stop watching certain TV shows or stop listening to certain music or whatever. Cut off whatever causes you or tempts you to sin. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Delete some games, maybe. It's tough. <laughs> I seriously urge you to consider what you can and what you should give up. Right? We always have a choice. And, and maybe you want to give it up for a certain period of time or permanently, whatever so that it helps and reminds you to find your satisfaction in Christ and Christ alone. You know, I always like to talk about Hebrews 12, uh, 1 to 2, right? And it's about running the race, fixing your eyes on Jesus. And that's how we need to run your race, you know? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't fix your eyes on other people. I mean, you know, as a, as a runner, I can tell you that... Um, I, actually, I don't know. I don't know how you were run, okay? But I presume that uh, you don't keep looking to your left and right. Right, runners? 
No? Okay, okay, well, okay, change analogy. Okay. <laughs> but I think the point is this. Run your own race. Nobody else can run it for you. Run your own race, right? And look to Jesus. Focus on Him. Fix your eyes on Him. Don't fix your eyes on others. Don't even fix your eyes on yourself and think, oh, I'm too slow, I'm too fast. You know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because, you know, friends, we aren't made and created to seek the image of other people. We are created in God's image, and we are created to seek Him. You don't need to seek the image of someone else. And when we spend time on social media, focusing on how great other people's lives are, and how we cannot measure up, then we are taking our eyes off the goal. We are taking our eyes off Jesus. So run your own race. Stop comparing yourself to others. Second thing we can do, one of the other ways to kill envy is to celebrate the success and the blessings of others, especially when they are blessed in a way that you want to be blessed. All right, Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. And I think the best example um, is it has to be Pastor Andrew's story. You know, some of you will know Pastor Andrew Yo. He was our camp speaker uh, two years ago. He spoke at BB Sunday this year. And I always remember this, this testimony that he shared. He, he talked about how for a long time, he and his wife, they, they really wanted to have kids, but, but they just couldn't. You know, it, just, it just didn't happen. And then to make things worse, he's a pastor. Okay? So he always has to pray for people, minister to them. And very often he has to pray for these people who, who also want kids but cannot have kids. Right? Um, and so he would pray for them, he would believe with them. He's like, yeah, I'll give it the same boy. And then, and then they will get pregnant. And he will <laughs> still childless, right? And, and he's just like, what? Can I just pray my baby to her, you know? Um, and then how come they have and I don't have? Like, I pray for them, they get it. I pray for myself, I don't get it. Like, What's this? And, and, and it was a real struggle for him. And then he's a pastor, so he's be like, oh, congrats. And inside, he's just like, right? And then, and then at some point, God convicted him to rejoice with those who rejoice and to celebrate the blessing, the blessings of God in other people's lives, even if you have not experienced that specific blessing in your life. Right? And, and so he decided in his heart that, that he, you know, he would be happy rather than resentful and envious of, of all these people having babies. And, and you know, you just imagine a situation, right? You know, you, you want kids, but, but you can't have the kids and you, you've been trying. But, and then you see your Facebook feed filled with all these baby pictures, right? It's, it's tough. But he, he decided, Pastor Andrew decided to, to celebrate with others. And then he said, you know, he started liking all these baby pictures. And I remember this very clearly because at some point I was like, oh, wow, Pastor Andrew liking all my baby, baby photos, right? At that time, I, I didn't know his story. And after that, that I heard them. And, 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 and so it was a struggle for him, but he learned to rejoice with others, even though they had what he, what he didn't have. And of course, one day God blessed him and his wife with twins, one boy, one girl. They're the same, they're the same age as my daughter, Janelle. And, and now they, they even have a third kid. And and I think the point is not that God will only bless you if you celebrate His blessings in other lives or whatever. But, you know, this life is not, it's not just about me and what I want. You know, life does not revolve around you. You know, I, I want to be able to be the kind of person who rejoices with other people as well. And I think when we do that, when we rejoice with others, it, it purifies our hearts and our intentions. You know, you, you get rid of selfish ambition and, and envy and, and you learn to celebrate with people 
even and especially when they, they have what you want. Alright, so we, we stop comparing, celebrate others, and finally, let's cultivate gratitude, okay? Let's, let's learn to be thankful, okay? Instead of being resentful and envious and like constantly discontent. You know, someone said this, that envy is resenting God's goodness in others' lives and ignoring God's goodness in your own life, right? You resent God's goodness in others' lives and you ignore His goodness in your own life. I want to show you a verse from Proverbs, the book of wisdom. And I'm showing it to you in three versions so that you get the point, okay? It says, All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. And what this verse is basically saying is this, that, you know, if you want to look out for things that are wrong and bad in your life, you will find it. You know, if, if you set out to be miserable and gloomy, your life will generally be, be miserable and gloomy. Do you, do you know people like that? And they're always like, um, I, actually, I know it won't work on her. I, I, just, I just know today's going to be a bad day. I just, I know it. Yeah, I always fail one. Uh, I'm always the worst. You know, do you, I, I don't know, do you have people like that who are just constantly um, thinking that, that everything sucks, you know, everything's bad, everything's bad, bad's going to happen. You know, if you want to look for bad things in life, you will find plenty, right? In this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus said. But have we considered looking for the good instead, looking out for God's blessings in our lives? And the Bible says, for the happy, cheerful heart, life is a continual feast, a nonstop party. And, and, and you know, this is, this is not some like self-help, pep talk yourself, hashtag think positive kind of, kind of nonsense. Okay? It's, it's about being thankful for what God has given to us and done for us, which by the way, is a lot of things. You know, let, I mean, we can start with just Jesus dying on the cross to save you from your sins and give you eternal life, right? You know, you can always be thankful that you have God who has the, what, the verse is wrong, wait. Proverbs 15, 15. Oh, sorry, I put five. It's 15, 15. Sorry. 15, 15, yes? Very good. All paying attention. That was a trick, okay? To make sure. Great. You know, <laughs> we... <laughs> I did just give this approving look. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't bet the slides. <laughs> okay. You know, we can, we can always be thankful, right? We can always be thankful that we have God who, who created the universe you know, uh, power over, over everything. He, as our friend, our protector, our, our father, our provider, the one who loved us so much, he gave his only son for us. And you know, if you say, no, no, seriously, I have nothing to be thankful for, then I would say that you are just then refusing to acknowledge the gifts of God in your life. I'm sorry, just to be brutally honest, you are refusing. Okay, for one, you're alive, not dead. And, and, you know, your, your arms and your legs and most body parts function normally. That's a huge thing to be thankful for. You know, once I fractured my ankle and, and I was in a cast for like a month or so and it was so annoying, it was so troublesome. And since then, I'm just always thankful that I have legs, <laughs> that I can walk, you know. And I, I believe none of us here live in extreme poverty. We have a roof over our heads. We have food to eat. There, there, is, there is much that we can be thankful for if we think about it honestly and instead of focusing on, on things that we don't have. And, and I know that sometimes we, we may be stuck in, 
in, in rough patches or different difficult situations. And, and, and I know that it, it's not nice, not, not easy to watch people have, have what you want or to watch people do, do cool things that you can't or whatever. But if you look out and you focus on God's grace and God's mercy, you will find it. Look for things to be thankful for. Cultivate gratitude. You know, Singaporeans, we, we love to complain, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, we love to complain. We find tons of things to complain about and to be discontented with. But, but try this, you know, instead of saying like, I hate my stupid, lousy phone, thank God that you have a phone. Even if it's an iPhone 3. It, did anybody still use it? No? Okay. Just checking. And, you know, instead of saying like, I hate my stupid school, thank God you have a school to go to. Right? The opportunity to study in a world-class education system. Hashtag MOE rocks. I'm, I'm, and I'm not even being sarcastic, guys. If you think our education system is bad, you should really look at some other countries. Just saying. You know, just, I'm sure you've watched those videos of the people who carry the bag and walk through the water to go to school, you know? Be thankful that you have a school to go to. And, and you know, even as, even as a youth pastor, right, I, I need to remind myself that instead of like, you know, getting discouraged and complaining and all that. Like, oh, why people never come for service and all that. Oh, youth ministry is so small compared to other, other churches. You know, instead of focusing on that, I have learned to thank God that Noah is here today. You know, that Leah is here. Oh, sorry, same family. I mean, still thankful. The Jabby and Rich. You know, I, you know, I've learned to be thankful for each person who is here. Right? And think like, oh, why all these people never come, Right? You're, you're thankful for everyone who's here. And then I tell myself, like, if this makes a difference in Caleb's life, in Ian's life, then I'm just going to keep doing it. Just keep serving. Right? Even if, you know, whatever, attendance is, is, is bad or whatever. And, and maybe you're going through a, a really rough patch, but you can be thankful that if you have that, that one friend, you know, who's trying to help you. And, and most of you will have more than one, I'm sure, if you honestly think about it. And you definitely have a loud gen CGL who cares for you. I can vouch for that because I know them. And so if we really look for it, we will find things that we can be thankful for. Here's something from Solomon. Solomon, the really wise and the really rich man. He said this, Better what I see is than the roving of the attitude, uh, ap- appetite. Right? And, and in some versions, they, they translate it as, Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Right? It is better to be satisfied with what you have than to be always wanting something else. So be thankful for what you have instead of always wanting and longing for what others have. Enjoy what God has given you. You know, the thing is, I feel like we usually um, compare upwards instead of downwards, if you know what I mean. You know, we look at people who have more and we think like, oh man, so unfair. And, and we forget that there are actually so many people um, who have less, right? And I think it helps us to be thankful when we realize um, what we have that others don't have. And, and, you know, sometimes when I get discouraged or tired from ministry and all that, I, I remind myself of, of, of Jesus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews 12, yes. But, but also, also people like, like Pastor Yo, you know, our care channels pastor in Bangladesh. Last week we were praying for our missionaries. Uh, and I was sharing uh, about how, you know, about Yo and, and how, like, he's been in an accident, you know, while in the midst of ministry, he almost died, he almost lost his eye and his, or his face or something. And, 
and, and he's currently facing all this harassment and persecution in Bangladesh. Like people are accusing him of this and that um, because the country is very hostile towards Christianity, um, towards Christians. You know, he has, he has seen his people um, get their house burned down. He has seen his young leader get acid thrown at him on his private parts. You know, so many, so many challenges. I think of Peter Mateng, Matengi. You remember him? Some of you remember him. Um, he used to serve in Laojen, and now he's, he's a pastor in Kenya. You know, he recently lost his brother, who was trapped and killed in, in the civil war going on in South Sudan. Um, and then a few years ago, if I'm not wrong, he, one of his relatives was literally chopped up and murdered. And, and he's just, you know, he's taking care of things in his family, and he's pressing on, trying to pass his church. And, and I think of them, and, and I think here I am sitting in my air-conditioned office, peacefully preparing for my sermon. And it really puts things in perspective. You know, it really makes you think. Because we tend to compare with certain people, and we think about, oh, we don't have this or don't have that. And, and we don't, we forget about people, other people, and, and, and we forget, and we don't realize how much we, we have and how good our life really is. And you know, something else I've realized I just reminded of this week is, is that, you know, you can look at other people's social media and think, oh, I wish I had their life. But sometimes what you may not know is that they are longing for your life in ways that you don't know about, you know. And I'm going to share with you very honestly, you know, I'm a horrible person now, okay, don't judge me, okay. You know, there, there was, um, me and my husband, we have, we have this, uh, this couple, we we're friends with them, uh, but we we're always rolling our eyes at them, I mean secretly, lah, right. Um, because they'll always be like posting about some fancy restaurant they go to and they take pictures of like every dish uh, that comes and they like post all these pictures of their car, their new car and they'll be like, there it, I'm, I'm not even kidding, okay? it's like their new car and the caption is, it's not possible to take a bad photo of this car. Like, right? And, and okay, I'm sorry, I'm horrible. Okay. Um, or they post pictures of their, you know, their new designer bag or their, their watches and, and whatever, shoes and and, and then every husband would be like, oh, so much money, ah, wow, show off, man, you know. Um, and, 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 then, and then we talked to them one day, and, and we realized that, that they've been trying for kids for, for a long, long time, and, 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 and they just haven't been successful, and, and they, were, they were really struggling with that. And, and you know, the social media does not show the, the hurt that goes on in people's lives, right? And, you know, we have another couple friend, um, same thing, okay, lavish lifestyle, very obvious on social media, they're always traveling and shopping and fine dining. And, and then one day I, I meet the, the girl and she tells me she's had not one but two miscarriages and she has had to deal with the pain of that but also the pain of people saying all these hurtful and, and unhelpful comments about her miscarriages as if, as if they were her fault. And, and, and yeah, you know, it doesn't show you what's going on inside inside of people's lives. I'm sorry, I don't know why I, I only have all these baby examples. Okay, it's just pregnancy feels... And, and, you know, just, just this week, I, I found out that um, some people I know are, are struggling with some really deep and, and serious issues. And, and you would never guess from their Instagram. You know, because it's all like, woohoo, spectacular travel pics from around the world. Look at this cool thing I did, this place I visited, here are all my friends. And yay, we managed to achieve this and that. And, and you, you just, you can't, you won't be able to tell, right? And, and really this week, I was just reminded that, that actually everyone is fighting a hard battle that, you know nothing about. You know nothing about. And you can't judge simply based on their social media posts. And so while you are envying them, they, they are fighting their own battles. Can I get a worship team? 
up and I'm just going to wrap up. So, so today we talked about how social media can often trigger envy and, and discontent in our lives. And, and I want to think about whether this is something that you face, right? Let's, let's honestly examine our lives and our thoughts. You know, to be honest, when I was preparing for this sermon, I thought, no, I'm a, I'm a very secure person, you know. I'm a very content person. And then when I, when I, and when I prayed and beginning, and I asked God, you know, examine my heart, and I realized, no, I'm a terrible person. I'm just, I'm horrible. I think all these horrible thoughts. And then I tell you all, oh, now you think I'm a horrible person. Okay, don't judge me. So let's, let's honestly examine our, our lives and, and our thoughts and, and, and let's resolve to deal with it. You know, let's, with God's help and, and, and His strength, let's, let's really stop comparing ourselves with other people. Let's get rid of envy in our lives. You know, instead, let's celebrate the blessings of, that God gives to others. You know, I feel social media should be a place to see what's happening in the lives of people you care about and, and, you know, a place where you can connect with them so that you can rejoice with them, so that you can mourn with them. You know, it's not, it's not a competition. You know, it's not about keeping up with everyone else, right? Run your own race. You're not made to seek the image of others. And let's cultivate gratitude. Let's, let's be thankful instead of resentful and instead of complaining and, and discontent all the time. Now, I, I know it's a simple message today, and, but I also know that it's not that simple to just say, okay, I'll be content, okay, I'll be thankful, right? And, and just, it's, I know, I know it's not that simple. But you know, if each of us, if each of us, like Paul, we learn the secret of being content regardless of our circumstances, I promise you, your life will be so much better and so much happier. When your joy and contentment is based on the rock-solid person of Jesus Christ instead of temporary, earthly things. And so, let's ask the Holy Spirit to give, to give us His contentment, to help us see Him as the one we can truly find our satisfaction in. Let's ask Him to open our eyes to, to see what we have so that we can be thankful and, and grateful because there's so much that He has given us. You know, ask God to to give you the strength to stop comparing yourself to others, to give you the grace to look beyond yourself and celebrate others. Ask Him to give you the strength to just fix your eyes on Jesus and, and be thankful and be grateful. And you know, if this is something that, that you struggle with, I want to encourage you today to come to the altar and surrender it before the Lord. You know, ask Him to help you do it. Ask Him to help you deal with it. Right, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do without all things through Christ who strengthens me because He alone truly satisfies. So, so let's, let's rise and, and let's worship. And you know, let's, let's worship God not because He gives us everything we want, but because He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. And, and let's, let's worship Him because we know that the secret of being content, whether we have plenty or we have nothing, the secret is that we can do all things through Jesus who gives us strength because Jesus is all we need. And because He's all we need, let's, let's really seek Him and pursue Him and worship Him with all our hearts. It's only in Him, only in Him will we find true joy and true contentment. So we're going to worship and, and we'll just leave the altar open for anyone who wants to respond to God. And, and there's no shame in coming up 
I struggle with all these things too. But let's bring it to God and surrender it. Die to self. Ask Him to give you the strength to deal with it. So let's worship. something that you want to deal with, you want to surrender before the Lord. The sin of envy, of, of discontent, of, of covetousness. And, and you know, really, there, there, is, there is no shame. I would tell you very honestly that I realize that, that this is something that, that I am guilty of as well. And, and, and that's, that's the process of growth, right? God, that, that we realize these things, we surrender it to God. And, and I think it's really something that we need to be aware of in, in our world where we see so much of other people's lives and, and we, we, we have so much access to other people's life and we find our security and our contentment in it. So we're going to continue worshipping and we'll just leave the altar open for whoever wants to come up. supply.
again turn your eyes on Jesus
Let's just um, let's just individually come before God and, and really turn our eyes towards Him. So wherever you are, just spend some time looking into the face of Jesus, because that's where you'll find all that you need. There's nowhere else. There's nowhere else you can find it. Because we are created not to be satisfied by worldly things to be satisfied by what the earth offers. And if we can constantly remind ourselves of this, to find our satisfaction in Christ alone, I think it would help us a lot in our struggles. Let's just turn our eyes, fix our eyes on Jesus. we look to you. We look to you for all that we need. God, we look to you for, for strength and grace even to just run our own race, not to compare ourselves to other people, not to measure ourselves by what the world says or, or by what other people say. Father, we thank you that, that, that you love us. We thank you that you are more than enough for us. So God, would you come and teach us, God, teach us that secret of finding our satisfaction in you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And before we, we go today, I, I really want to encourage you as we go through this series to just consider your social media use, you know, like how, how it affects you or how and, and I don't want to give you like a rule like oh that's all fast or whatever um, delete our Instagram or whatever but you know just just think about how it it affects you and think about whatever the spirit convicts you to 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 do let's just think about this in the light of, of what the Bible says of what God wants for us and in a godly perspective all right so next week we'll continue and we'll discuss this in our CGs See you next week. <laughs>